Welcome to The Burn, Beyond Firestop. I'm your host, John Zlepka. Our show, if you're not aware, is focused on life safety, which puts me on a mission to find the most interesting people in this space to get their unique perspective. Our hope is that our listening audience walks away with an understanding of how our guests and their businesses also contribute to the promotion of life safety of whatever is being built. Now, our show is brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI Firestop. And since 1990, STI has been a leading global provider of innovative fire protective solutions that help stop the spread of fire, smoke, and hot gases. And our guest today is very knowledgeable on such topics. Pat Tichet is the president of Global Fire Protective Group, Protection Group, which provides fire and life safety, engineering, consulting, and design services to customers throughout the world. Pat is highly respected in the industry with over 30 years of experience in passive fire protection and is well recognized in the codes and standards world. You can often find him doing third-party inspections, system audits, or giving Firestop training somewhere in the world. But today we pinned him down to our podcast. And with that, I'd like to welcome Pat. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing today, John? Doing great, Pat. Thanks so much for joining us. So I'd like to start on a personal note rather than jumping into the whole business of things like I always do. And while I was doing my research for this episode, I noticed that you have a track record of volunteering. I see you volunteered for the YMCA and in particular youth football. So does your passion for helping kids or giving back come from somewhere in your past or what can you say about that? Yeah, I guess uh, my passion for being a volunteer and giving back to the community started with my father. He did it, um, you know, through my whole youth, my, my whole youth experience through sports. So then when I had kids, I started doing the, you know, helping with the coach, uh, getting on the boards, getting involved. It's all about getting a big, stronger community. Uh, presently, I'm on the board of Burt Bell. A uh, football organization uh, has close to 1,200 kids um, from outside the Philadelphia area, uh, and I and none of my kids play, so I'm there just strictly to uh, volunteer and help help these kids have a you know good experience. That's awesome, Pat. I mean, I've done my fair share of volunteering over the years, volunteering for different nonprofit organizations. So I understand what you mean of, as far as giving back, especially to the kids there. Um, in fact, volunteering is how you and I met in, in person for the first time anyway. I don't know if you remember, we, we volunteered to give a four-hour IFC inspector training in New York City. You remember that? Oh, yes. It was for the New York City Transit Authority. It was uh, it was the first time meeting you. And, you know, I've seen some of your burns prior to this type of burn. And I'm like, man, I have to teach with this guy, do some training because he is a lot of energy. Wow. I, I, I wish I knew that at the time. I mean, I was so nervous. I mean, to meet you in person for the first time, you you were so respected in the industry. And and it was funny, though, you were running late. I think you were coming from the airport. You were doing some training in Dubai or somewhere in the Middle East the night before. And, and I just remember you texted me, just get started without me. I'm like, well, what do you mean? But uh, uh, that was awesome. That was a great experience. Yeah, we now, put it together and we got it done. We did. I mean, I know that you have a passion for presenting. I mean, it, it's clear just from that first time in meeting you. But I mean, you do some training, uh, not only, you know, on behalf of your company global, but also on behalf of the International Firestop Council, which is kind of what we were doing there. So uh, where did that passion for the industry come from? Well, it all started um, after I get done, after I was, uh, I went from being 
on the side of a contractor to going to the side of uh, inspection and consulting, I noticed there was a lack of training in the industry when it comes to third-party inspection. And that became my passion. Listen, it got it was put into codes in 2012, and I kept on seeing more and more people that just didn't know what they were doing. And I worked with the FCIA, the uh, IFC, and other organizations to really get the training out there. And I think we're really good making headway and really t- training people the right way how to do the inspection properly. <laughs> That, that's great. I mean, obviously, raising those standards throughout the industry is important. But, for you know, for the benefit of our audience, if you don't mind, could you tell us a little bit more about the IFC and some of their inspector initiatives, uh, perhaps some of the committees that they have? I know that I, I think you're on the <coughs> Firestop Inspector Committee, if uh, and that makes sense. <laughs> no, actually, I yes, it does. It, that's how I started. Uh, but now I'm the A1 committee chair, which is all the inspectors and consultants. Um, we have a very robust program there at uh, the International Firestop Council. Um, it was developed by third-party inspectors, um, experts, within the manufacturing groups and um, other training uh, entities. So what do we do? We have an eight hour program. It's in class, hands on. Uh, now with the situation going now, we do do it virtually. It's, uh, you know, it's a little difficult to do the hands on virtually, but we do an eight hour program. And then there's a test. The test is very comprehensive. It's at least 40 to 60 hours reading. Everything is free online other than the two ASTM standards. And you could go look at, you could look for all that information at firestop.org. The passing of the test is 80%. Uh, There's 85 questions and you have a two hour time limit to pass it. You can go and take a pre-test. It's 15 questions. Take the pre-test. Just gauge your knowledge of Firestop and Firestop inspections. So that's the, some of the programs we have going on. Uh, as for committees, um, <clears throat> my group we have uh, we we have so many committees going on. Um, we have the Firestop Inspection Group Committee that does like uh, looks at the test, looks at their, uh, other uh, items with training. Um, I actually help write the destructive testing. Uh, procedures. We have a committee for the Middle East uh, Firestop Inspection Training, which focuses on their codes, their standards. We actually are putting together a wood frame uh, group. We have a wood frame group uh, that's because wood frame, as you know, is completely different than commercial construction and how to inspect wood framing. Um, that's some just some just some of the committees we have going on. That's great. That's a lot of great information there. And again, you'll want to check out the International Firestop Council at www.firestop.org. They have a lot of that great information, additional resources for proper system installations, which is really what it's all about, right? I mean, I know that one of your goals is to bring awareness to the construction community in particular, building owners and other AHJs, authorities having jurisdiction in regards to those ASTM standards. Uh, 2174 and 2393, I think they are. Uh, yes. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? I mean, I know that you, you have a big part of what's going on with that. Yes. Yeah, so we get out there and try to explain, especially with 
with it just getting into code and certain um, jurisdictions adopting the code or actually actually enforcing the code of them getting the understanding what the ASTM 2174 is. And that's for through a membrane penetrations, you know, what the destructive test post installation um, is 2% within 10,000 square feet. <clears throat> What's the visual? There's two different types of methodologies. Or you could do a visual is 10% of the overall project. This is what we're out there trying to make have people aware. Building owners, contractors, authorities having jurisdictions. What to expect when being inspected. And then at 2393, the, the inspections are a little bit slightly different, right? 5%, yes. I believe. It's, yeah, 5%, but it's uh, one sample every 500 linear feet of like uh, joint systems. It's for fire-resistant uh, fire joints and perimeter fire barrier current wall assemblies. Now, we always speak to the contractors. They would obviously prefer that you do a witness test so that they don't have to come back and repair any deconstructive tests. But you as an inspector, what do you what do you believe is a, a more accurate depiction of what's going on out there? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I like doing the uh, witnessing, but there's a lot of time constraints. Uh, a lot of projects very large. You would have to have multiple people. I really like to do the destructive testing, the post installation, um, measuring, measuring, making sure the sealant thickness. This really works out and see to see what's actually installed in there. Right, and that's all as a that came as a result of the IBC and the the, the need for special inspections since the 2012 code. Is that right? That is correct. So, I mean, I guess the the thing to do then is to enforce that or to raise awareness of the fact that the special inspection even exists, correct? Yes, just making it aware um, that it's that it's a, that it's out there and seeing who can who's enforcing it. Uh, that's the challenge. What what projects? Is there for category three, category four buildings? What projects are actually being? You know, is, is it being enforced? It's always in the specifications. It's in specifications in the master spec. So you see it on every job, but not every jurisdiction is actually um, enforcing that type of inspection. Well, hopefully this podcast does a little bit to raise those standards and to make some other jurisdictions out there um, know that this standard exists or the standard to inspect and the fact that it's in the code. Um, but tell us a little bit more about your work with ASTM. I know that you're you're part of the task group chair for 3038, the qualified inspectors, <laughs> qualified fire stop inspections right, or inspectors. Um, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit about that. I'm, I, I didn't know that they, they had that coming. I was kind of I was interested to see that. So. I've been working on the ASTM. Uh, it's the EO6, the serviceability group, uh, 06.21. And um, a couple of years ago, I, be, I was asked to be the task group chair for E3030, E3038, which is assessing the qualifications of a fire stop install inspector. And uh, myself and I actually had a, a gentleman that helped me. Uh, we've rewrote a draft and we put it up and uh, out for ballot. And as you know, ASTM's an ANSI's process. So, you know, you have to have consensus, you have negatives and you go through the thing. It's uh, it took quite a few years in 2016 or 17. It was actually published. So 
Um, I spent a lot of time on it. It's a, a, a really, really uh, strong document. Uh, we're looking to put it into uh, the codes or into another standard, you know, to just make sure here is your options. Here's what you're looking for when you're looking for a fire stop inspector. You just don't grab someone off the street who doesn't know anything. There's some kind of meat and potatoes to it. All right. And you know a thing or two about that because that's a big part of your work with Global Fire Protection Group, correct? Yes. Third-party inspection? Uh, Third-party inspections, like 10 to 15% of our work. Um, We really are a full-service fire protection engineering firm. Uh, We do fire alarm design, sprinkler design, um, code reviews, field consulting. Uh, We do a little bit of everything when it comes to fire and life safety, Uh, building uh, audits, uh, risk management. Uh, for insurance companies. Um, I've really put the, we really got together with a great team. Um, I have three other owners uh, or partners, and uh, they all bring their unique skill set. They come from the other end. I come from the passive. They come from the uh, active and uh, the detection. So it was a nice combination that uh, we all got together. Yeah, and I, I, I checked your website out. You got a lot of great resources on there as well. Um, that's globalfpg.com. Again, globalfpg.com. We'll put all these links in the uh, the notes as well. Uh, but you mentioned some of your other services include safety engineering, consulting, design services. Uh, how are you helping people in that regard? So uh, for design services, we're actually, there's, you know, some projects when we're doing design services on sprinklers, we go out and do field evaluation sprinklers, perhaps recalculate um, uh, the, uh, the the flows and make, uh, doing flow testing, making sure the piping is right size. And with the passive fire protection, we do a lot of engineering judgment review pro- reviews. I've been running an engineering judgment review program for 13 years. Certain jurisdictions require a third party, party sign and seal. Global FPG is licensed in every state in the United States, all of Canada, other than Quebec, um, Marion Islands, uh, Guam, and Puerto Rico, and the District of Columbia. So... We really are one source. We we have a program. You just send them to uh, you know to myself or I have a project manager. You can always look on the website, and we have a program. We do third party reviews of engineering judgments that were designed by the fire man, fire stop manufacturers. Uh, we also do have the liberty of doing some more engineering outside of alternative means and methods when it comes falls outside of the passive fire protection. So we have some uh, a bunch of people with a bunch of engineers with some expertise in that. And you, you're doing work also around the world. I mean, I know you mentioned everywhere in North America, <laughs> but I mean, you truly are a global company, correct? Yes. Uh, we worked in 20, 20 different countries uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, we're part of a company. It's called Riskinet uh, Network. Um, we are their North America uh, um uh, group. Uh, Riskinet is based out of the Netherlands. And what we do is we just, uh, your other engineering firms, India, um, the Netherlands, the UK, uh, someone in South America, and we, we, we're all just, you know, mid small to mid-sized companies. And we just, uh, you know, work with each other. So that's, that's great. But you're based out of where? But somewhere in Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah, Chad's Ford PA. It's right outside. It's like 30 minutes outside of Philly. 
Okay, and that and you're from Philly area originally. Yes. I know you yeah. went to Drexel, right? You got a yeah. construction management Imagine. degree there. Yes, I went to Drexel, but before I went to Drexel, I actually uh, was a union carpenter. Uh, I went through a full apprenticeship. Uh, that's where I got my first taste of Firestop. I was uh, my first day on a job. They handed me a bucket of sealant, um, you know, Firestop and a, and a UL book and said, hey, start at this corner and uh, start working your way around the hospital. Twelve years later, I was still doing it. But I was but I had many people underneath me, subcontractors. It was a really good experience. That's what really catapulted me into doing the passive fire protection for close to 30 years. I mean, that, that I didn't even know that. I mean, but that's exceptional that you actually have that firsthand experience. I mean, mm -hmm. I always make the joke that you go to trade school to be an electrician and then you go out there, you think you're going to wire a building. No, you're going to fire stop today. But um, the fact that you did it for, you know, 10, 12 years, and now that you're also a business owner, I think uh, that, that makes you awesome for your clients. I mean, for things like uh, the chains orders and the, the cost control and the analysis, the budgeting, things like that, because you, you know how long things take and you know how they also should be done. So the, the uh, practical experience, the practical yeah. experience, that's and I think that's the value that you bring. And that, that's tremendous. So I guess, hey, who's your ideal client? Let, let, let's give you a chance to sales <laughs> pitch it here. Right. What would you okay. say to them uh, if you had an elevator pitch or uh, okay. no? I mean, we told you about uh, your website, but how, how would they get in touch with you? And OK. Go on. Uh, okay, so who's the ideal client? Well, first of all, a paying client is the paying ideal client. client. Of course. <laughs> you, know, listen, you could call, yell at me all you want. As long as you're paying, I don't care. Uh, no, honestly, uh, what, we, what we tell clients is, or my elevator pitch is, we're independent. We don't, we don't represent any type of material. We, we're, we are a representative of the, our client. We make sure the best interest of our client is being sought. You know, from from a cost perspective, you know, client or a risk perspective, we make sure our client is a number one client. You know, it's, it's a cliche. People talk about, you know, customer service, customer service. You could talk to any one of our associates. That is one thing I talk about every day. Make sure the client is on. We're on top of every client and we know what we're, everybody's doing and make sure we're on time. That is my biggest thing on time, on budget, making sure they know if any uh, uh, missteps are happening or, you know, what's the best new and greatest thing that they could use, but also be cost efficient. So awesome. <laughs> thank you. All right, Pat. Well, hey, um, thank you very much for your time. I mean, before I let you go, are there any upcoming educational speaking engagements? I know you just did something for FCIA last week. Uh, any new codes or standards we need to be aware of or anything else you want to promote while you have the microphone here? Okay. Uh, so we're actually uh, myself with Steve Schwarthout and uh, Justin uh, Ebbett from uh, STI. We're going to be doing this uh, Washington uh, State Builders Association uh, on behalf of the International Fire Stop Council. That is next uh in the ne next week, we broke it up into eight-hour class. We broke it up into two days, uh, due to two four-hour days, due to it's uh, doing it virtually. So uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out. We're looking forward to just trying to work it out before we go out to the public. But there's a lot of stuff the industry is working on. You know, is 
I work with a lot of people from the fire Firestop Manufacturing Group as as STI, and we're always looking to better the industry, um, making sure people are aware they're safe. It's all about life safety. It's all about life safety. And, and thanks again, Pat. It was great getting to know you a little bit better today. And I want to thank everyone else out there for listening. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there. You've chosen to listen to ours. So thanks again. Be sure to check out those show notes for links to some of the things that we talked about in this episode. And finally, we really appreciate you listening. And if you'd like other people to listen and help support the podcast, please tell others about it. Share it on social media. Leave a rating and a review or whatever it is that you do with podcasts. But And to catch all the latest and greatest from STI, check out our website at www.stifirestop.com. And until next time, this is The Burn.